I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and I need somebody to be nice to me this week. Can you be nice to me this week? My name is Colin Drucker, and I need someone to be nice to me this week. Can you be nice to me this week? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) yay! It's, I mean... It's a perfect quote. It is. I'm glad you stuck your with. Oh your yeah, it was yeah. like, oh no no, I can't abandon this one at this point in the race. You know, it's I yes, the, yes. the whistle tone that goes off when she sits there against the desk with her back to us and says, "I'm lonely. I need someone to be nice to me this week. Or can you be nice to me this week? It's just oh, Lee fucking Grant." I know, I know. Oh, who is, of course, not alone on this uh, uh, on this passenger list that we're going to be discussing this week. I am so excited and gooped to say this was your idea for us to do the BSAs of Airport 77. Yeah, I mean, we had such a great time doing the Poseidon Adventure, you know, many moons mm-hmm. ago at this point, too. Um, and I, I'm kind of into the disaster film genre, I will say. Like, I think there's something really charming about it. I get the draw, and this is really only my second foray into that genre. I mean, there's other disaster movies, of course, like modern day stuff. But, um, you know, the 70s was a very specific time. Yes. And I would say in my humblest of opinions, I think the Poseidon Adventure and Airport 77 are the gold and silver standard of... 70s disaster movies i i haven't seen the towering inferno in a while but i know that that's always left me like a little underwhelmed and it's long it's like two and a half hours oh yeah no yeah, thanks no, no thanks. thanks um i'm not good with heights though i know you're not either so it's right like, right well you know even though it's just a movie you know <laughs> i will tell you that and i've probably talked about this before but Sometimes you kind of want to scratch that itch and lean into that. And have I talked about this this yeah. South Korean movie, The Tower? I think you did. I think it might have been like in your BSA yeah. week. Oh, something like that that you were watching that was just great. Yeah. Well, you know, watch out. There may be a future best supporting Ooh. assignment. Nice. And I, and I think you and Keon would both like it would be a fun night at the movies at home in bed in front of the air conditioner i think it's <laughs> so guess. good it's so good and it it definitely captures a lot of like what you're picking up on and what i also love about 70s disaster movies and then just like takes it into the stratosphere it's crazy so yeah um but all that being said you know maybe we'll do a future episode the bsas of the tower but in the meantime uh we are we're gonna you know 
drop 50 leagues below the sea or however far they go. And um, we're going to identify the five to one best supporting actresses trapped in a luxury airplane at the bottom of the ocean. Ugh, a nightmare. In 1977. Yeah. In 1977. Yeah. When was the first time you saw this? Just to get a little bit of backstory. Was this like uh, in the cataloging days? Was this a college movie? What, what, what did that look like for you? Yeah. So I think that like when I was like 10 years old, that's when I first saw The Poseidon Adventure. And then yeah. that just kind of gave birth to so much of like who I am and what I love and you know, an understanding of who Shelley Winters was, et cetera. And yes. I don't know how I then was kind of like, well, if you like the Poseidon Adventure, you'd like Airport 77. Like I, because at this point I was, you know, 10 or 11. So I don't even know if I was on IMDb yet or if IMDb existed yet. So I have no idea how I found one from the other. But around the same time, it was kind of like, oh, well, if I'm tired of watching the Poseidon Adventure over and over, then, oh, let's watch Airport 77. And it was the same thing. It was the same, like, obviously the 70s aesthetic and the kind of somewhat ridiculous plot and the all-star cast. And, yes. and, and my introduction to and my initial cataloging of Brenda Vaccaro. I mean, oh. this is a formative movie i am the woman i am today <laughs> because <laughs> of this movie and um i just loved it i just i was obsessed with it and i think you know it's funny watching this i you know and thinking about it it's like disaster movies are such a breeding ground for bsas you know because yeah. they're these ensemble casts and so it was of course just like a huge pleasure to revisit this movie i mean you could say colin drucker is having a good time watching oh. and in the past, pe present, and future watching yes. this movie. Yes, yes. I'm sitting there at the table with my hands folded. Um, <laughs> I'm having such a good time. This is just water. Um, yes. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so, I feel like there is... Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I just love that there is a template, right? I feel like it, it, it alters from movie to movie, of course, like with the setting and like where you are. But, um, you know, there's always a mom with a child. There's always like mm -hmm. an older woman. There's always, you know, it's, it's just all of these archetypes that are guaranteed and like guaranteed, like that are like that we want to see, like as, you know, gay men or just people that appreciate, you know, good actressing too. Um, and I just think that it's that you couldn't do this today. Like you couldn't make if someone was to redo. I mean, I know they didn't they do do redo the Poseidon Adventure or something like that. They and it was did, fine. and it was yeah. fine. But it 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 lost kind of all of the all it's of the charm. Yeah. yeah, the luster. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, there is a charm. I think that there. It's just this like time capsule of this genre that I don't. It's not that it doesn't work, but like it would be you, they would make it so realistic, like the fake blood that you see in this movie. You couldn't downplay it. Like those are some of my favorite moments of both the Poseidon Adventure and this movie is just like the the crazy, like shrill screaming of women. I just like it brings me so much joy, which is like a, such a sick thing to say. But you know what I mean? Because it's of campy. Course, of it's course. It's not like I'm not heartless it's just like the way that these women are screaming and just like 
you know, the stuntmen that are flying by and things falling on people. And it's it's so great. I just Pe- love it. People throwing themselves into glass panels. and Yes. You know, yes. It's, it's like the sequence of the plane going down and the sequence of the Poseidon flipping. Like, there's a similarity in terms of the direction and the chaos and the screaming. and um, And just, like, the people kind of, like zooming past the screen as they fall you know like it's it is it's so it's not violent it, it even even if you see Mady norman getting like you know thunked in the head by a planter you know it still doesn't feel sure. violent it feels it it's campy yeah there's there's just a delivery of it that you can't recreate and if you did you'd be doing a recreation of this like you can't capture this vibe organically again and even a movie like the tower you know that what you could say is a modern day version of the towering inferno it's definitely a different vibe like it's a different feeling altogether you know like there's moments that are like oh yeah here's the modern version of that but it it's more realistic and so you it's scarier and a little less fun you know what i mean like it's a thrill ride but it's not as like you know um there are there's it's it's not bumper bowling you know what i mean yeah it's um i hate to make a drag race reference here but like um i'm thinking of all-star six and you know ginger and how they they sort of coined her like it's just it's too perfect you know you're too Mm -hmm. polished and like i i like i don't know like i I think of the cast recording of company and Uh how like Uh uh-huh there's no auto tune. It's just Elaine Stritch saying "We la," and then she just drops off the face of the earth. You know, like mm-hmm. she just does. She doesn't hold the note out. There are some imperfections, and I think that's that's part of the whole set. Like, I don't know. That's that's what makes it what it is, and I don't think that's permissible anymore. It's there. The expectation yeah. has gone up too much. That's so funny. I feel like the original cast recording of Company and. Airport 77 have the same aesthetic. Like, I know what yes, you mean. Yes. Like, yeah. I just, you know, the moment that Anne, the the flight attendant, puts the laser disc in so that yes. you all hear from oh, Jimmy Stewart, I was like, oh, in comes company. I was like, oh, my God, this is, I just love the aesthetic of it. And I think there's that, too. It's that everything is different shades of brown and everything's yes. carpeted and Mustard and it's and and the brown, mustards yes. and browns and and there's also the wonderful thing that it wasn't as much in the Poseidon adventure as it is in a lot of you know subsequent movies but also like the towering inferno is the cast would usually include some Hollywood has-beens who are just getting a paycheck and willing to, you know, get wet, get dirty. Yes, you know? yes, yes. Um, you could say that Shelley Winters was a bit of that in the Poseidon Adventure, but not to the same extent that Olivia de Havilland and Joseph Cotton are in this movie. And and it gets worse when you go to like Concord Airport seventy nine. I mean, like that's kind of what's really fascinating is in these within this whole aesthetic that we're queening out about is this novelty casting that includes you know uh relatively successful actors like jack lemon and brenda vaccaro and you know yeah. uh darren mcgavin but then you get like people who aren't really working that much anymore like joseph cotton and olivia de havilland um and and it, and then you'll get like people who are mostly on tv and are tv actors and it's just this and character actors like emmett walsh like it's such a great mix 
um, in the cast that you oh like there's always someone even if there's no action going on there's always someone to look at because everybody's like yes. it's such specific casting and I feel like you don't get that kind of novelty today. Yeah, I mean a different genre altogether, but I I think of murder mysteries you know like an agatha christie thing or even like knives out like more right. recently uh-huh. like not the same genre but like i like seeing like or even white lotus i know again not the right drama or drama uh genre but like yeah i just love seeing a whole bunch of people interact with each other in this way and it, it is this like lightning in a bottle moment that I just don't know if you can like I think of as far as like just like this like if you record someone throwing a punch in a movie in 1975 we'll say versus 2021 or something someone even like throwing like a plate at someone or a plate against a wall it's an entirely different sound like it's and it's just because things have got better so it's like it's not a bad thing it's just like it's not the same so yeah and so, yeah, so, I mean, and I don't, I, I don't think anyone will ever remake this movie. I, I think there's probably a lot of, um, I'm sure there's lots of logical inconsistencies and a lot of, you know, leaps of, uh, of, of science, but you kind of throw all that away with these things. So it's like, oh, well, whatever. I'm, I've signed up to watch a movie about a, a bunch of people, you know, uh, on an airplane at the bottom of the ocean. I don't really care how they got there. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to be in the situation. You know, I've always felt that way about the Poseidon adventure. I've never really worried about what would, could this happen in real life? What would actually happen? I just love that there's a scenario of a ship turned upside down in the ocean and people working their way up to the bottom, which is now the top. Like, yes. You know, it's kind of what we've talked about in some of these, you know, episodes. If there's that one thing you forgive, you know, in a script. And, you know, in this one, I forgive the fact that the plane would probably have broken apart once it hit the water. And, like, there were so many ways in which this probably would have never happened. But... But then we wouldn't get this nightmare scenario of looking out the window and seeing the water rising. And it's just like, ugh. Like, and as a kid... My, I remember just the circuits of my brain just exploding at this concept <laughs> and that it was taking place in the, not a normal airplane, but this yes, like a luxury, luxury airplane. airplane where it's all loungy and there's two floors and hallways and, and, you know, indirect lighting and, oh, it just, and spiral staircases and just, you know, carpet, 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 carpet. And, you know, that I think there was that too of like, oh, I just want to. I just want to explore this airplane, you know? Yeah. You were mentioning, like, if if they'll ever remake it, too. And I used to do this when I would record episodes of the No Good, Very Bad Gay podcast, like, because I would watch so many old movies. I was like, who would be cast in these? And we don't, it's, I'm not even going to go through all the characters, but just, I was really interested in, in just specifically Jack Lemmon at the age that he made this movie, he was 52. And actors oh. that are now 52 in 2021 are actors like Jason Bateman, Paul Rudd, Hugh Jackman, or Will Smith. And it just seems so weird to think about wow. that. And huh. even for um, uh, for uh, Brenda Vaccaro, um, uh-huh. 
I, I, I actually didn't write down her age when she recorded or when she recorded this, but I feel like she was in her thirties. I would say, um, yeah, she's in her eighties now. So it's probably, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So people that are around her age and I didn't write it down. So sorry. Um, but were people who are like Anne Hathaway, Mila Kunis, Emily Blunt, or even Lupita Nyong'o, which is so weird to like, imagine, imagine it like recast with like, I don't know, like, Oh, Paul like kind of, Rudd and Anne Hathaway. You know what I mean? Right, it's just like, right. It's oh, so like, crazy to think about. Just to put it in perspective from like a 2021 lens, I think that's fun to yeah. look at that. Oh, I love that. I, I was thinking if I were to recast this. You know what's funny is I started, and it's maybe because it's just a current thing we, we've talked about recently, but I was thinking if I... If I had to take the cast of the White Lotus and put and cast them as Airport Seventy Seven characters, who would each oh person play? My. Yeah, and I started to go of, down that path. I don't know why. Yes, it um, it translates. It's it's very similar in a way. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I would probably, you know, you'd have to kind of move things around a little bit. But I think ultimately, like, wouldn't be the same characters. But I would I would put Connie Britton in the Brenda Vaccaro role. I think that's the most important question. Yes, yes. Um, and I think I would put Jennifer Coolidge in the Olivia de Havilland role. Yes. Oh, wait, no, sorry, the Lee Grant role. I take it back to Lee Grant. Oh, yeah, Grant yeah, yeah, sorry, yes, Lee yes. Grant Yeah, role. the alcoholic, yes, yes. Yeah, though, you know, then I was like, or do I want to put Molly Shannon in that role and keep, you know, Jennifer Ooh. Coolidge in the Olivia de Havilland role, you know? Yeah, um, and, like, the Jake Lacey would be, like, the bad guy. That's exactly what I was thinking. That was yeah, the first one yes, I thought yes, of. Yes, yes, Yeah, and, and the wife would be, like, Lisa, you know? The, the, yes, yeah, yeah, Lisa. Um. Oh my god! And then uh, what's her name? Belinda. I guess she could be. Ooh, she could be Mady. Mady, she could be Dorothy. Yeah, I yeah. know. Yeah, which yeah. I mean, I I hate that, but also I know. But we're running like out of people. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I loved Mady. Yeah. So you know, uh, certainly like the most. Uh, <laughs> esoteric idea of like okay let's take the cast of this 2021 <laughs> hbo mini series i know people are rolling their eyes yeah <laughs> yeah like this there's no there's no cross-section here but anyway um yeah. well, maybe there is but in any event well we are here recasting that's not to take away from the original cast and so we are going to do a classic five to one yeah. of our you know bsas of airport 77 you know this original precious cast and uh See where we end up. Yes, let's get into it. I don't know if you have any um, runner runners up at all, Colin. Before yeah, we start, I think I do. I think I do. You know, and here's and I've seen this movie. I haven't seen it in a while, but you know, when there's a movie you've seen a, a ton as a kid, when you see it again, you're like, oh, I could sing the song with my eyes closed. Like all of a sudden, all the notes come yes, back, and yes. so there's like little things that stick with me. Like I've always really liked. The flight attendant Anne, you know, who puts on yeah. the laser disc. Oh, yes. kind of just liked her, and 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 the black <laughs> flight attendant as well, who doesn't have a name. Like I've oh, always just, love her. Yes, I love her. And yes. like yes. I just have always liked them. I've always appreciated them. And then I think my other honorable mention. I I think Lisa, played by Pamela Bellwood. You know, she. There's that one scene that she and Brenda Vaccaro have up in the office where she cries when when Eve tells her about her father oh, being sick. Yes, and yes. she just she does one of those um, Mariah Carey in Precious Tears where she turns away and it rolls down her cheek. 
And it's like so much more nuanced than she needed to do for Airport 77. And I and as a kid, I used to always think, oh, I feel like that tear is in her mouth. I feel like I could always taste that tear as a kid. That's the weirdest (gasps) thing. Yeah. No, I I I know that feeling. Yes. Yeah. I love how Brenda um she comes in, she's like, Lisa, Lisa, what's wrong? Oh, I know. (laughs) I love how she says that. Ugh. Ugh. Ugh, it's Eve. good. She's so good. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, I need to call them by their character names. That's Eve, okay. Eve. Looking at you can always here. call her Brenda Vaccaro in my house. That's fine. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, did, do you have any um, any runners-up? My runner-up is, um, I'm going to give it to Kathleen Quinlan. Mm. And this is part of the duo of Julie and Steve, the blind guy, the blind pianist, right? He's, oh, yes, he is blind. And like that moment that they have. And it's kind of like a, it's a, it's a, um, she's an Oscar nominee, Colin, Kathleen Quinlan. Do you know her? Oh, I. She was nominated for Apollo 13. Yeah, she's on my list. Oh, okay. Then maybe I should just, you know, but but uh, you put a but, cork in it. So yes, literally, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll do one year's addiction. Um, yeah. but no, I. So I am familiar with her. But please go okay, on. Okay. Don't feel stunted. To please go on. No, I. I just. I. I feel like she's such like a. Um, oh my gosh. Um, everyone. I feel like every couple episodes, I blank on someone that I, I just. Uh, Elizabeth Taylor. Sheesh. I couldn't oh, believe I blanked on that. Yeah. Like Elizabeth Taylor type, especially in Apollo 13. I know she's very young in this movie, but like there's something kind of like weathered and sort of like. I feel like she would be great in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? And I don't know how old she is now, but like in that sort of Apollo 13 prime, like she fits that mold perfectly. And I, I think she's really talented. I just. I, I I rarely see her and stuff, and maybe she has been in stuff, but um, I'm I'm blanking now, of course. But yeah, I wanted to throw that. that that's my honorable mention. Oh, I love that. Well, she's in her sixties now, and she okay. has she has been in she's been in a ton of stuff. I've always loved Kathleen Quinlan. I think because she kind of looks like my mom. Like her IMDb picture looks exactly like my mother, so it's a little like woo, um, mom. <laughs> sure, um, sure. But I feel like she is just a criminally underappreciated actress, even with that Oscar nomination. I, she is yes. great in everything I've ever seen her in. Um, she, one of those people who, if I hear that she's in something, I'm like, oh, Kathleen Quinlan, I love her. Yes, and yes. then I will watch it. So, you know, she, I'm looking in her IMDb of like where this falls. This was, you know, no, she was in a bunch of stuff before. This she was a bunch of TV movies. So this isn't like super early in her career but she has been working ever since so i'll give her that um much like a lot of people in this movie it's like you get to see a lot of everybody doing their acting and interacting and whatnot in the first half of the movie and then once they're in the bottom of the ocean it it is a lot of sitting around crying hugging each other like and then some people you kind of just don't even see much of like once steve dies we kind of don't see much of julie in the rest of the movie and I'm like Julie she's still alive right we didn't lose her but she is so good so expressive that one scene when she's at the piano with Christopher Lee and then Lee Grant comes over and she's like excuse me can you move your ass and just that like (laughs) face like reaction from from Julia was like oh Kathleen so I put her on the list because she's good in this but also because Kathleen Quinlan deserves more praise, and I'm happy to give her some airtime on this podcast. Yeah, I was just going to say, even to say her name out loud and just be yeah. reminded, I think it's great. And I wanted to say something, too. 
I think the one thing it's like if I had one gripe, I guess, but like overall, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I think that there was something that the Poseidon Adventure had that like there was like, um, you know, there was this quest. They were able to be moving almost the entire time and they lost people along the way. But with this, like you were saying, like it's just everyone's kind of just stuck where they are. There's not really anywhere to go. Besides, like, you know, Jack Lemon kind of going outside and everyone just, <laughs> like, watching from the window. But all that aside, too, like, it's still great. But a lot of it, it a lot yeah. of the action, action in quotes, as far as just, like, the actressing happens, you know, before the plane. We get a lot of that set up, I guess. I, I was thinking the same thing, is that the one, <clears throat> one of the big benefits that the Poseidon Adventure has over a lot of other disaster movies is, like, there's a forward motion, they whittle down the cast, whether you like it or not. And so there's just kind of always, yeah, there's always stuff going on. Whereas with this, after a while, it was like, well, we can't have too much go on. They're already in an airplane at the bottom of the ocean, you know? Um, yes, yes. So, yeah, it, it, you know, it, it, it was something that I noticed this time around. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess, I guess this did afford a little less opportunities to do to do much once the shit hits the fan but yeah um it is what it is so yeah um anyway did you uh that was one of your she was your uh honorable mention did you have any other honorable mentions i did not no i'm ready for the list all right well you know i'm gonna last minute i'm gonna throw because she's not on my list i'm gonna get matey norman into that honorable mentions list. oh please. she's yes a delight she is uh oh if you it, anyone who wants more of matey norman uh, she's such a BSA in whatever happened to baby Jane. She's so good. And yes. you just, your heart just goes out for her character. Every time you're like, Oh God, get, get out of that house. You know? <laughs> yes. I mean, this segues perfectly because she's my number five. So I think that's oh. like the perfect, perfect way to start the list here. I, I was like, I know this woman besides just like liking her immediately. And then I did some IMDb research and found out that it was her and whatever. I was like, Oh, I was like, oh my god, of course! Like, oh my god, of my course. Mrs. P, my Mrs. Peacock, yeah. um, and I, that made me really excited. I, again, it's like that sort of effect we were just talking about, where you you get a good amount of her at the beginning, and then she gets bonked on the head, and then she unfortunately also, spoiler, passes away in this movie as well, which is a bummer. I yeah. wish we would have got more of of Dorothy, but you know, such is life. But she is my number five. I love Mady Norman. She's so sweet, Dorothy. Yes. When she's playing, what is it like, Pong with the kids? Yes. And, oh, my God. I loved it. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, Benji, I guess you're just too good for me. I used, I always uh, remember the way she, like, leans on the thing when she says that. That always, mm-hmm. one of those little details as a kid, I always thought, like, oh, Dorothy seems like a nice lady. I like her. Oh, uh, she's perfect. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Um, well, perfect. Well, uh, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shimmy on down to my number four. And that is none other than the uh, fabulously named Arlene Galanka as <laughs> Mrs. Stern. Uh, yes, she is, of course, the the in you know uh, quintessential uh, or you know requisite hysterical mother mother of the flight with her oh daughter my Bonnie. God, yes. I'm telling you the the heavy lifting that Arlene did screaming the name Bonnie brought so much zhuzh to those chaos scenes. <laughs> yes. And I thought, you know, oh, when she wakes up again, she's like Bonnie, Bonnie, Bonnie. Oh. <laughs> 
I'm in heaven. I'm in heaven. And she just is such a little delight. I just loved Arlene Golanka. It's a great name. She did not make my list only because like as much as I just said I loved the hysterical woman, I just wanted like it made me think of the movie Airplane where they all uh-huh. take turns slapping because that's I mean, that's exactly what who this woman is in the movie Airplane. Yes. And I, I, I love that and I acknowledge it and appreciate it. But I was like, someone needs to give her a Xanax and tell her to chill. But I also know and appreciate and respect what, for all those reasons why you love her at the same time, because I, yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, she's bonkers, but I just <laughs> I I love it. And, yes, yes. Uh, anyway, so yeah, good old Arlene Galang. I'm so glad. I'm so glad she and uh, she and Jane, she and Bonnie got out of there at the end and seemed yes. like a potential love connection with that vet, with that doctor. You know? Oh yeah. I was like, who was also they... in my best friend's wedding? Yes. He's, he's uh-huh. like, would only bring heartbreak for me when he's at the dinner table. It's so great. Yeah, that I mean, at Walsh, he's in everything. He's one of those that guys. He's in so many movies. He's probably been in other Best Supporting Actress movies. I mean, I don't even oh, remember. for sure. Well, yeah. here's... Uh, okay, first of all, Bonnie, I'm surprised that she even... Sur- that's the ch- that's the child, right, that she's screaming? Yes, yeah. yes. They were throwing her around like a rag doll, like during some of those scenes. I was mm-hmm. cracking up. They're like, get her out of here, get her out of Like, the way that things move so fast in these 70s movies, it's just like, there's no... I don't know. It's just, it's so... Of course, it's a frantic situation, but like they weren't really minding any sort of like injuries that she, that Bonnie mm-hmm. possibly could have had. They're just like, just throw her out of here. It was yeah, no, it's funny. No one's even to be worried about clonking her head against the door jam. Yeah, you yes. Know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, d- now I'm confused. You did you have two honor? Did you do your number five? So my number five was Kathleen Quinlan. So yes. Oh, so, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Got so it. We, great, we've been great, flowing great. into each other. So you're ahead. Other. You're ahead. Okay, so I'm ahead. It. So it's your number four now. Okay. My number four. I'm pulling up my list. I'm pulling up my list. My number four. I'm going to give it to Olivia de Havilland. This okay. is, I am ashamed to say this, and maybe you might be able to course correct. And like, maybe if there was another movie that we've covered, I don't think I've ever seen a movie with Olivia de Havilland in it. This might be my first which is nuts. Do you think well, that's a it, fair statement? Have we covered something that she's well, in? It, it's, it was the first Olivia to have one movie I ever saw. So I think it's, okay. it's totally reasonable. Ooh, you know? I love that. Okay. So it, it's, it's not a you know, sad place to start. I think, um, I don't believe we have talked about her, you know, if, if she were to come up in a, a Best Supporting Actress capacity, I mean... She's been nominated for leading actress and won Oscars for leading actress. She was not. She, I think, she was nominated for Gone with the Wind. Okay, but um, the movie you, of course, need to see, and you know, watch out. Best supporting assignment. You know, Hacks Protocol. Yes, is Lady in a Cage. I was just gonna, the help. I'm trapped in a small private yeah. elevator. Is a that small the private one? elevator? Yes. Oh yes. yes. I mean, oh. a great line. A great, great trope line. Bag, really. Yeah. Yes, and uh, absolutely, and a great movie. But she's fabulous in that, and obviously, she's. You know, uh, she's been in a bunch of other things, you know, just uh, earlier in her career. But I think it's fun to kind of tiptoe around late Olivia de Havilland's career because, oh, man, she took some paychecks. Yeah. I And that kind of adds up as far as like even this movie, you know, the people that 
you know, the older actress that used to be in her prime, but, you know, still happy to see her. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, well, originally they wanted Joan Crawford for the role. Yes. And then, yeah, then she dropped out and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And what's funny is because Olivia de Havilland replaced her in Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte as well. Yeah, I know. And Lady in a Cage. So wow. Olivia's always taken sloppy seconds from Joan and then turning them into cuisine. Yeah, I mean, good for her. I mean, she's yeah. she's got the credits, and uh, unfortunately, you know, Joan well, yeah. passed it up, so her loss is our gain. Olivia de Havilland is a genuinely great actress, and Joan Crawford is a great bad actress. Ooh, I love that. I, I love that sort of assessment there. And I I want to say yes, but, um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to more Olivia de Havilland movies to sort of, you know, uh, really climb on board with that but I, I i do believe you i do believe that's true <laughs> well you're gonna have you're gonna olivia de Havilland a great time watching Ooh, <laughs> i know there's something in there yeah 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 um but anyway i i really anyway. liked her i really liked her character i loved how she played cards with the boys that's when i really was kind of like oh she's cool she like i just felt like she was a, a woman who was sure of herself and wasn't like as you know, she wasn't the rich, unsufferable or insufferable woman that just was like too good for it all. Like, I feel like she had shades of that, but also she could play cards and knew how to play poker. And she, you know, she was with Dorothy till the final moments, too, which I also loved. So we'll give it to Olivia. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. I, I've loved her in this. Well, uh, you know, what's fabulous is she's my number three. So oh, great. It's great, great, it's great. just perfect. And I agree with everything you're saying. I think she is so good in this. I think when she, that classic moment when she arrives, the name of the game is poker. And then she just yes. like, you know, you know, and then she, she lists out the rules and, you know, nothing's wild. Like she just does that whole thing. And it's so good and it's so nuanced. And it's what I love about Olivia de Havilland. And you see this a lot in Lady in a Cage is like. I don't think she's aware of how good she is at tiptoeing the line between like camp and like genuinely good acting. Yeah. She's just so good at it. Whereas again, to compare it to Joan, Joan is just like, you know, it's like this infamous episode of the Simpsons where Homer gains all this weight so that he can like work from home, which is obviously ironic, you know, today, but then there's some crisis and, you know, he goes to try to call 911 on the phone and and it says, you know, the little voice recording says, I'm sorry, your fingers are too fat to dial that number. And I feel like that's how I feel about Joan Crawford. It's like, oh, you are too broad to reach these little numbers and nuances that Olivia does. Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, she's got a little love affair with Joseph Cotton, who she was in Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte with. Um, and I think other things like way in the past when they were in their prime. They So they've there's kind of that appeal of like, oh, you know, live in Joe, you know. Yeah, I liked that little even though it's obviously like pretty short lived. I love the two of them sort of like canoodling on that couch before everything really kind mm-hmm. of goes like just the glances she gives. They're so like nuanced and like knowing and like she's she's flirtatious and sort of I don't know like just full of life uh, for someone who's yeah. like quote unquote like an older woman um I I really enjoyed it she was great yeah I'm so glad she didn't die that would have been such a bummer same uh, same you know um I didn't want her to have like a Shelly Winters like sacrifice herself moment you know <laughs> yeah exactly exactly uh so I think that brings us to your number my number three three take us there my number three is actually someone you already mentioned and it's 
Pamela Bellwood as Lisa. Oh, oh, good. Go on. I think like the way that I appreciated her, or at least at least why she's sort of ranked so highly, was it, it was that scene with her and Eve. Mm-hmm. And just like, I feel like she has a lot of, I think on paper, like her character might not be as dynamic. I guess like there's no, you know, it's not going to be Lee Grant kicking down a door and saying, be nice to me this week. It's just like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of internal stuff going on, like the relationship with her father and, you know, how she's going to, you know, her son's never really formally, you know, it's, she's navigating it as a mother, as a daughter and just the relationship that her and Eve had. Um, and I, I was just really kind of captivated by her and I really liked and bought a lot of her like talking through tears moments. I feel like she has some of the most talking through tears scenes in this movie, really. I mean, there's a lot of crying mm-hmm. everywhere probably, but um, I really liked her and I, 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 didn't, I don't know anything else she's been in. So I was kind of, it was like a new discovery for me, but yeah, Lisa, Lisa, Lisa. Lisa, Lisa, I love that. Yeah, I got the impression, like obviously Eve worked for Lisa's father, but it seemed like Eve has known whatever his name was, Jimmy Stewart's character, yeah. uh, has known him for a long time and they go way back and, um, you know, and she's probably known Lisa since Lisa was, you know, very little and, you know, probably knew Ben, you know, saw, you know, Benji when he was a baby and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there's that sense. And I love that they managed to communicate that in that scene without actually saying any of that. of like, well, I remember when you were a little girl. It, just, it was, um, it was really smart. It was really, uh, yeah. I agree. And I had not, I've never, I don't think I've seen her in anything else. And uh, I've always loved her in this. And I also, for a long time, I forgot that both she and Kathleen Quinlan were in this and were not the same character. Yeah, that was something I, I actually thought that, <laughs> now that you're saying it, I actually thought it was Lisa that Lee Grant said, move your ass to. But it was actually... Right. Julie, is that her name? I'm getting confused. Julie, now. yeah, yeah. So that was something that I, <laughs> I really had to think hard about that. Yeah, yeah. There, it, it's possible they could have condensed those two characters, but that's okay. It's all good. Um. Well, I think that brings me then to my number two. Ooh, I think. things are heating so, up. Things are heating up, and uh, well, my number two is none other than the aforementioned Lee Grant. As Karen, she and Christopher Lee are doing Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf in the air. Mm -hmm. She Mm -hmm. is doing such Martha. Like, it is so good. She is, I mean, the... She is chewing the scenery the most, but doing it so well. Like, it's never over the top. It's not Arlene Galanka. Um, Arlene Galanka, who, who just died in May, by the way. Um, yeah, so pour one out Rest for Arlene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, Lee Grant, I, I just, I thought it was such a fascinating character. And she just, you know, I love it. There's that one moment when, I don't, it's such a micro moment, but it's like, I think the plane is starting to go down and like Jack Lemon's running past. He's like, everybody get to the back of the plane. And she's like trying to grab him and get his attention. And there's just this like shot of her. It, they show it in the trailer too, but it's just this great like panicked Lee Grant moment. And I, oh, she's just, she's so good at everything. And I really, yeah. um, you know, and, and I think from like a, you know, 
gay lens diva point of view like it's such the like you know she's such the gay man on the plane she's such the drag queen on the plane you know yes the like you said the martha and and then like just kind of ordering all the men around and not being not censoring herself at all so yeah um i i I didn't mean to cut you off do you have anything else to say about uh you know miss grant before i tell you my number two no, just that, again, this was kind of like early cataloging, you know, the, she was, it was like, I knew who Lee Grant was because I knew her from this movie. And like, it just, yeah. you know, that she was always an imprint of like, oh, Lee Grant. Oh, I know Lee Grant. I love Lee Grant. Yes, um, yes, yes. So I'm going to jump in here and I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to rock your world, Colin, and I, I hope you forgive me. But um, my number two by you know, by by an ice cube, really, and Lee Grant's drink um, is actually Brenda Vaccaro. I'm going to give her the number two slots. And I know, I know, I know. But I think, like, it's because I think, you know, obviously that's probably your number one. And I, I don't know how to, like, l- let's talk. I'm, I'm going to talk about Lee Grant, even though she is my number one. Does that make sense? Like, should I do it now? Should I wait? Because we're flipping. How did we do it before when we disagreed I- about... I think that I think we kind of did the same thing. So, okay, so there's no surprises here. Of course, I put (laughs) Brenda as my number one. Yes, yes. And I think it's fair to kind of like, you know, pull back the curtain for a second and say, is Lee Grant technically the BSA of this movie? Yes. Sure, sure, yes. It is such a phenomenal performance, and she gets to do so much. uh, That is just quintessential BSA. And and, And Brenda has less peaks uh she's more has more of a raspy charm throughout and of course i love her so i am very subjective in putting brenda at number one it's definitely because of like a a personal significance so i think i would let's talk about let's talk about brenda now and then we can finish up let's talk about brenda now yeah, I think for everything that you just said was what I was going to say, too. It's like a lot of it was just driven logistically by, you know, maximizing your potential within a specific amount of time. I know I'm boogering up that phrase, but um, I, I think the impact of Lee Grant from the moment she walks into that room and starts talking to those those boys, those gentlemen and like the the balls that she had that just talked to them that way and and not really knowing at first that one of them was her husband or at least like I didn't put it together at that point and then she's having a an affair with the other guy, right? Is that is that what's going yes, on? Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, with the business partner, she's. It's been just so with him. juicy, yeah, and like her, mm-hmm. and of course the line of like, "Will you be nice to me this week?" It, it, there's just so much going. Like I, I could watch that scene over and over and over again, and even just. Um, I mean, eventually she gets punched in the face, but I just like love that she got punched in the face. I love Brenda Vaccaro yeah. even more. Um, but we're still talking about Brenda first. Sorry, I, I was. I'm we're talking about Lee we're, Grant. We're, Sorry, I. You said what we were talking about, and I just went in a different direction. <laughs> Honestly, I could talk about Lee Grant. I could talk about Brenda Vaccaro. I, I'm either way. You know, this is chocolate and peanut butter. You know, together <laughs> yes. they're better, but alone they're great. Yeah. Uh, oh, so let me yeah. let me let me steer the or land the plane. I was going to say steer the ship here with Brenda. I, I for all the re- like I I am so thrilled. Like even just with. You know, Brenda Vaccaro is having a good time and going to this. I, I'm I'm ready and willing with open arms to see even more 
Brenda Vaccaro. Like I, I would love to do Midnight Cowboy. Like I, mm. I, I've not seen it yet. Um, and just other stuff like that too. And um, I remember, uh, but, but in this movie specifically, yes, like you said, it's like the peaks and valleys of Eve are not as, you know, uh, I, dynamic, I guess. You know, it's like where I'm automatically going to be drawn to Lee Grant's character no matter what. But I know and I see Brenda Vaccaro and what she's doing and just like that 70s hair and like that scene with uh, with Lisa. Like you just, I just think there's, I'm trying to think of another, like even with Jack Lemon too, like I feel like there's such a, there's really great chemistry between them two and like, without really spelling it out like just the two of them together and what has happened before we meet them you know what i mean like how she's just Mm -hmm. so kind of at ease with the relationship but obviously wants more and just is also kind of accepting it and i i I really really loved her in this i i do i want like you know drunk brenda vaccaro of course you know but that that that, that was lee grant in this movie and and unfortunately it's just it's not the card she was dealt but I still really loved her a lot. I love yeah. the punch. The punch. Oh, the Ugh. punch is apparently, I, I don't know where I read this, but apparently, you know, when that would happen in theaters, people would like stand up and applaud. So, yes, you know, yes. I appreciate the applause for Brenda. I also have always loved how the the climax of the movie is is Brenda and Jack, you know, getting out of the sinking plane together like they're the last two in the plane that always just like gooped me of like oh my god she they're stuck in the plane and like the really i mean i i will say that all of that like that you know rising lifting the plane up and getting everybody out is really suspenseful and really impactful and yes and when then it's like then the hat on the hat of like oh my god she fell back in and he's got to go in and get her like it they found a way to to cap this thrill thrill right off, and I just have always loved like her presence in the climax of the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I I I remember I I screamed at the I watched it on my computer, but when they went back in, I was like, "Why are they going to the cockpit? They're going like because I just couldn't figure out where they were. Yeah, like to yeah. get my bearings. But it makes sense. Like the bottom's dropping, so it's it makes sense. You know, Titanic style to go to the right. front of the plane and jump out. I love that one shot when he's trying to get the door open and she looks back and sees the water coming up the stairs. And there's just this like, yes. it's such a great like face of like, Oh God, we got to get out of here. Oh, and I always love that as a kid too, that face. Um, <laughs> that face. And I think it was just like Brenda in that moment. I just feel like there was just the imprinting of like, Oh, this matters to me. I want there to always be someone like her in the movie at the end. You know, like it can't just be the Jack Lemon character. It has to also be the Brenda Vaccaro character, you know? Yeah, it does. It does matter. I, yeah. I loved her a lot. And for all the same reasons too, like Lee Grant, it's, uh, I just love that one scene where she was talking to um, her husband and she said like, what did she say? She's like, who's going to take care of me? Do you remember that scene? Yeah, there's a whole thing of like, we're us, you know, that's your problem. You think everybody is us, you know, can't you forget about the other people for once and think about yourself? And I'm, well, I can hear that like sort of fake accent that yeah. however, I don't know where Lee Grant picked up that accent, but don't put it down. Yes, um, yes, yes. But yeah, there is also that set. And it's interesting. I feel like that sense of all of a sudden she's like, I just, you know, hold me, just be there for me. Like she just, once things go to shit, she just, it's not that she turns on the charm with him is we just kind of suddenly see like, 
oh, below all of this, all of this brazenness and drunkenness is this very, as she tells us, very lonely woman. Yeah. It, I just love that, like, the first, it was so ridiculous and wonderful when, you know, S- Steve is her husband, right? I don't know why uh, I name. No, Martin is her husband. Steve is the blind Martin, guy. Martin, sorry. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Steve. Um, so when Martin, unfortunately, passes away and she sees his, like, body float up by the plane, it's so sad. But, like, th- th- like she's having a moment, obviously, and people are just, like, stuffing, like, little bottles of alcohol down her throat because they know that's, you oh, know, yeah. the only way to sort of, you know... Uh, pacify her i guess it was it was so campy and crazy if someone did that to me i would like slap them after my right, like husband died yeah but quick, it was perfect. quick get her drunk yeah yes yes i love that too uh so so lee grant fair enough is your I, I i i can i can agree with that quietly like yeah lee grant is the bsa of this movie is this sure is, is who should be up for consideration but um you know, a globe to Brenda for just being Brenda Vaccaro. That's true. She's the BSA of, of your heart or something. I don't know. Yes. Yes. Um, the best supporting aorta. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that is uh, that's Airport 77 and the BSAs of. Did you have any other thoughts before we disembark and uh, dash to baggage claim? No, I, I, I feel like we whizzed through it, to be honest. We're like under we an did. hour here, but I, I feel like we, we covered everything that I sort of uh, expected to. Let me just, you know, scan my list. Just in, I, Sometimes I put like a little column for like takeaways or things that mm. I thought were funny. Uh, you know, it's worth mentioning Darren McGavin. He's one of those people where like, I don't know if I think he's hot, but his personality is really attractive. I see. I know what you're talking about. Yes. It's yeah. like... He's just like like when that one scene when he's like downstairs talking to like the security guard and then Benji joins them and he's like, oh, I don't know, it's fine. Like he's just so self-assured and confident and calm. And I just, oh, I have such a weird crush on Darren McGavin. Yeah, I could see that. I can see um, why, you know, that logic. He's he's kind of like a dad, but like he just seems suave. I don't know. There's something yeah. about his demeanor. I do have two things, actually. I, I scrolled down my list here. The one thing that I... Um, just thought was ridiculous. The guy, uh, the Steve, the guy who uh, sings. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to call the song like "Beauty Is in the Eye of the Beholder." I just I think like that's accurate. Yeah, yes, it just seemed like an Andy Samberg SNL character. Like I didn't know it was. Uh-huh. Suppo- I didn't know he was blind at first, and then I felt immediately terrible but at the same time i was like and he sings in this like falsetto the whole time it's it's a he has a beautiful voice but it was just so out of nowhere i was like oh my god there's like a guy like a live singer on this plane it seems so crazy it's reminiscent of there because you know uh, in the Poseidon Adventure, there was the morning after that, oh, that yes, was the song that I think won an Oscar. So I feel like some of these movies were like, hmm, oh, that's an I option. See. Yes, part oh, of the and, template. Part of yeah, the template. Yeah. So you gotta um, have a song. You gotta have a song. You know. Um, yeah. Well, uh, speaking of songs, I think we're getting played off. Yeah. It's okay. That's so, okay. Though. Is that okay? Have they played us off too soon? (laughs) No, we're good. We're good. Well, they don't stop anyway. Just ask Meryl, you know. Uh, So where can folks find more of you? 
they can find me on uh, my other podcast. I almost forgot what it was called. The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast that comes out every Thursday. And they can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Kachanov. But you? Well, you can find me on All Right Mary, tweeting out about Drag Race and Dragula in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can find me on In the Details um, I believe the new episode will be out on Friday. <gasps> and this is going to be on Thursday. Ooh. So she's back. She's back. And um, that's, of course, all available on Spotify and iTunes and all that fun stuff. And you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker and Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And you can get more of both of us in a best supporting capacity at BSA Pod on Twitter. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. I am looking for peeled peepers because on Friday, the Best Boarding After Show will be out and we'll be catching up on everything we're watching, everything we're loving, and our um, our homework, our homework from last yes. week's Best Supporting Assignment. So if you are on the edge of your seat, tune in on Friday for the Best Supporting After Show. Can't wait. Neither can I. And you know what? That, as they say, is that.